in the gifts of the Spirit for a long time. Uh, I will tell you that I believe with all my heart the devil doesn't like it, but it doesn't matter. Amen? Whether he likes it or not. I didn't check with him to get his approval, and I'm not going to start now. Can you say amen? You know, repetition is a good teacher, and I want to apologize to you. It's been many years since I taught on the subject, and we're just now getting it really formed up better and easier for folks to understand, and uh, we'll be continuing to straighten these notes out and make them available to you on our website. And so, uh, but if you notice here, on this page, I placed, hold on a second. Got to make it fit so I can read it. We have nine gifts of the Spirit mentioned in 1 Corinthians. Am I right or wrong? Are you with me on that? Nine gifts, and we broke them up into three groups so they'd be easier to remember and easier to understand. And the first three that we covered in this series were the gifts of revelation, the gifts that reveal something. That, doesn't that make it easy? Gifts that reveal something, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. And then we had, by the way, Nathan, have you started? I hope. Thank you, sir. Three gifts of power that do something. We have three gifts that, that actually produce something. They do something. Uh, and, and, and it's powerful. Amen? The gift of faith, the working of miracles, and the gifts of healings. And then the, the third one are the utterance gifts or the vocal gifts, and that's prophecy, diverse kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. I really don't know how God could have helped me make that any more simple than that. I think if we, if we tried to make it even simpler, we'd be missing some real meat in there, you know. I believe we've got it to where, folks, if you want to know it and you want to remember it and you want to memorize it, you can do it. That's the, the best way that we could break it down. Remember this. Never forget this. When you're reading the Word of God and you see some miracle take place or you see something happen you know was supernatural, uh, don't be surprised if you find that more than one gift of the Spirit is in operation during that particular story. Don't get caught up in, well, we've given definition, definition of the Spirit of God. Whenever we see something, we ought to be able to classify that in just one gift. That's not always true or accurate. Amen? And let's don't get hung up on that. What we're trying to do is we're trying to get the body of Christ in our discipleship training to a place where the Holy Ghost can do what He wants to do Amen? We're living in expectation of it, right? And that when we see it, we got a pretty good idea what God's doing. Amen? Or he would not have put these in the Word of God. Amen? All right? Now, we started on the gift of prophecy a little, a little while back, and uh, there's been some confusion about the gift of prophecy. I call it, in the gifts of the Spirit, the simple gift of prophecy, and we'll talk more about it, but you say, well, Brother Dennis, why do you have to mess with our understanding of prophets and prophecy? I'm not trying to mess with your understanding of it. I'm trying to tell you that in the Old Testament, the reason why when prophets gave a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom, which a word of wisdom has to do with the future because they were famous for that, were they not? The prophets of the Old Testament. But did you notice we did not have any classifications listed in the Old Testament for the gifts of the Spirit? We can find them and recognize them because God gave us the New Testament and the gifts of the Spirit well-defined, right? 
So what were the prophets in the Old Testament doing? They were giving the word of wisdom over and over and over again. They, they, they told the future, and we admired them for it. We, we put them on pedestals, right? And people that are genuine prophets today, we still are guilty of that. None of these people should be on pedestals. They're gifts to the church, amen? Prophets, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are gifts to the church. That's what they are. They're not to be idolized. They're not to be put on a pedestal. They're not, they're not to be admired to the point that you feel you could never be used by any of those gifts. But that's where the devil wants you. Amen? All right, so we have the three gifts of utterance. They say something, prophecy, diverse kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Now, let's review the definitions, and we're going to do that. And then I'm going to share something with you that God told me in the car on the way here today. Will that be all right? All right, listen up. The word of wisdom is a supernatural revelation by the Spirit of God concerning the divine purpose and plan in the mind and will of God, future tense. Say, so, well, Brother Dennis, why did you do that? Why did you say, look, look, you have to pray about and think about what would be the difference between a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom? How many, and then it just, it just hits you like a ton of bricks if you're paying attention. That only in the wisdom of God is the future known. Only in the wisdom of God. I don't know the future. Do you know the future? God knows the future. Amen? And God knows the entire future. All right? We, we find it difficult to cope with this subject because we don't understand that in heaven there are no Timex watches. There are no calendars. There's no date books in heaven. As a matter of fact, God knows the end of this matter. Time does not matter in heaven. It doesn't matter in heaven, all right? The only way that time affects God is how he uses it in this realm to his advantage. Remember that. The only way that time affects God is in the way that he uses it in this realm to his advantage. God is not hemmed in by a calendar date book or whatever. He's not hemmed in by that. Amen? All right, so a word of wisdom, future tense, a word of knowledge, as, uh, is if you see into the spirit realm, that's the gift. Oh, I messed that up. It's the same, it's the same as a word of wisdom. I've got my definitions worked around here. I'm going to have to work on that. All right. It's the same as a supernatural revelation by the Spirit of God concerning the divine purpose and plan in the mind and will of God but it's not about the future. Notice once again that it's called a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. It's not God dumping all of his wisdom on you or all of his knowledge on you. He's giving you a word. How many of you are old school like me? You grew up with the King James Bible and you, there was a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge. It's a piece of information that God has, not all of God's knowledge or all of God's wisdom. The discerning of spirits is the revelation of being allowed to see into the spirit realm. Uh, just a reminder. Um, one of the examples I gave you was a pastor friend of mine. He said, I'd been praying for the sick for years. I'd been praying for the sick for years. And, and this time I reached up, I laid hands on this sick person. And all of a sudden, I had a vision. And I could see into this person. And there was a small demon hanging on his left lung. And I knew that the demon was the cause of the cancer in his left lung. So, I, I told him in the name of Jesus, get out of this man's body. 
Boom, he dropped to the floor and he proclaimed something that you need to pay close attention to. He said, I don't want to go, but I have to because you told me to. In the name of Jesus. What you've got to understand is that once you start using the name of Jesus in your prayer life, they must obey you. And you need to get that into your heart and mind. You know, I need to tell you this real quick. The other day, I, saw, I told some of the people this. I'm looking at this video. It's kind of awesome. It's this huge, big, strong lion. But 20 hyenas were coming after this lion, and they were aiming to kill him. It was in the video. You could see it. But the lion was strong. He was fighting. But 20 hyenas, that's a lot of hyenas, right? And all of a sudden, the rest of the pack showed up. And they moved in there like a bush hog. <laughs> and they started cleaning house, right? But underneath the video, which I didn't know until I, I saw it, it said, this is what it looks like when your prayer warriors show up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, we're strong. You know, as children of God, and we've got the name of Jesus, but I'm telling you, when we all get a hold of these truths, and we're all operating in these truths, whenever we start lifting each other up, when you know a brother or sister in Christ is going through something, hey, the prayer warriors kick in, and the rest of the pride, the rest of the family shows up, and hey, for lack of a better phrase, they kick butt. Amen? In the name of Jesus, the demons have to flee. They have to flee. They have to. That's what drives them nuts. They know that in their original form, we were created just a little lower than angels. And you go back and look that scripture up because it says, for a time. It says we were created a little lower than the angels for a time. You go look it up. I challenge you. For a time. All right? And it's because God was going to give us the name of his son and it was going to confound the powers of darkness that they had to obey us when we wield the name of Jesus. Amen? So it's okay. I'm created a little lower than the angels in the state that I'm in, but I have the name of Jesus, and that's what I'm relying upon, not relying upon me, you know? Uh, you say, well, oh, brother, I'm just so weak. Well, it says in the Bible that in your weakness, Jesus is made strong. Yield to Jesus. Yield to the name of Jesus, right? And remember to pray for you. I was coming here today just lifting up different people in the name of Jesus. And I could just see them lions flying into the fight, right? Prayers going up, all right? All right, so, wow, I'm so excited. The discerning of spirits, you need to remember this. It's the ability to see into the spiritual realm. What if he had just stood there, laid hands on this man, and he never saw into the spiritual realm? He would just pray for healing for the man, Right? And, 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 you know, maybe one of the other, you know, gifts of faith or gifts of healing would rise up and heal the man. However, um, what if he is standing there praying for the guy and inside in his inner witness, he heard a voice that said, this man's problem is caused by a demon. What would that be? That would be a word of knowledge. It, it is God. He didn't see anything. He heard. He had a voice on the inside of him in the inner witness. God spoke to him and said, this is caused by a demon. Go against him in the name of Jesus. That'd be a word of knowledge. But he saw into the spiritual realm. Now, now you say, well, oh, okay, so it will help me from time to time. If this gift is an operation in my life, I'll see into the spiritual realm, and I'll see that maybe a demonic force is behind this problem or behind that problem. And I'll tell you something. When it happens, it's a faith booster. When you can see into the spiritual realm, it's a faith booster, right? But don't 
just think it's so that you can see demons at work. Anytime that you can see in the spirit. How do you think, by what gift did Moses see God? By what gift did Moses see God? Discerning of spirit. Am I, am I, are you seeing, in the Old Testament, what does it say? In the Old Testament, the New Testament is contained. In the New Testament, the Old Testament is explained, right? That saying has proven to be true thousands of times over. At times, uh, what, what happened with John on the Isle of Patmos? When he said, I, I saw, he saw he, it was discerning of spirits. It isn't just about, you know, I'm, I'm discerning. No, it, it's not about discerning something. Just discern, discerning of spirits is seeing into the spirit realm and, and seeing what is there in the vision. All right? All right, you get that? All right, gift of faith is a supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit whereby believers empowered with special faith or wonder-working faith that goes beyond saving faith, it is the gift of the Spirit by which a believer might receive a miracle. It's passive. It's like Daniel in the lion's den. I mean, he was so, he was so in tune with God, you know? He laid down and went to sleep. Is that, you don't get more passive than that, do you? It didn't get more passive than that. You know, most of us get our feelings hurt and we can't go to sleep at night. Amen or oh me? You know, can't believe. God, why did you let them say about say what they said about me and you let them live? You know. <laughs> Thank you, Sister Chopper. That was supposed to be funny. No, we're laying in bed with our feelings hurt. Think about it. Let it fester. You know, and you think the devil doesn't know that's going on inside of you? Mm-mm. Daniel went in the lion's den, found a comfortable... I'm, I'll never forget the one painting. I don't know if it happened. I'm sure the artist was not there. But it showed several lions around Daniel, and he was asleep laying on one of the lions. I believe it could very well have been exactly what happened. I don't think that Daniel was hiding in a corner taking a nap. Amen? The working of miracles is so that one might work miracles. It's active. You've got to obey God. Um, The person that I I saw uh, very often in the Old Testament being used in the working of miracles was Samson. You know, Samson repented in that temple that day he was chained up there. But what if he didn't reach out and put his hands against those pillars and press on them? He was involved. He had an active part in that working that miracle, didn't he? All right. So that's the working of miracles. Gifts of healings, we talked about that a long time because in some Bibles you see gift of healings. Some Bibles you see gifts of healing. You see them in singular form and everywhere. And what did I say? And the scholars in this room with master's degrees in theology and all that stuff know what have we said over and over again. You want to know the true meaning of the Word of God. Look at the original Greek that they got the translation from, right? Or the original Hebrew for that matter, or the original Aramaic, all right? Those are the languages that you find the Bible translated from. And I love gifts of healings. Why? Because it means that God has an unlimited number of ways to heal somebody. Amen? And, and, and gifts of healings perfectly summarizes that gift of God. We can never put God in a box. That's why lots of pastors won't teach on the gifts of the Spirit because 
you know, well, it's just too confusing. Well, God forgive us for being nuts. It's not confusing to God. Amen? And God will teach us. Gifts of healings. Well, then there's prophecy. is a supernatural utterance in a known or understood language. Then diverse kinds of tongues is a supernatural utterance in an unknown tongue. Rocket surgery, right? Interpretation of tongues is a supernatural showing forth of that which has been said in an unknown tongue. Good refresher. I'm going to fix this. I'll give you new ones next week with that one definition straightened out. Sorry about that. I was cutting and pasting from other notes and bringing them over, and I must have cut and pasted the wrong one. On my way here this morning, we'll, we'll get back to prophecy next week if Jesus tarries, and if he doesn't tarry, it won't matter. Amen? Meet you in the air sort of thing. Um, all right. I keep going back in my heart and mind to the words of Jesus. Um, you need to resolve in your heart and mind, in your life, like as I have in mine, if Jesus said it, it's over. If Jesus said it, if Jesus said, this is how it is, this is how it's going to be, it's over for me. There is no doubt, fear, unbelief, or debate left in me. At my age, there's just none left in me. If God said it, I embrace it. I embrace it, right? So I want you to go to John chapter 14 with me and look at verse 12, and we're going to settle something in our hearts and minds, or we're going to endeavor to with God's help. It might take a little time for you, but let God do it, amen? In John chapter 14, verse 12, and, and this all ties in with the gifts of the Spirit. In John chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me, say that with me. Whoever believes in me, say that with me again. Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. Now, how many of you believe that's going on today? Because I don't see a lot of it. Something's broken. Something's broken. Something's not working that Jesus said will work. So, how many of you know the problem's not with Jesus? How many of you know the problem's not with the Holy Spirit? How many of you know the problem's not with Father? Amen? Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do. So, how in the world... Will we do greater works than he did? But he said it. That settles it. That means we've got to focus on this side of the fence. We've got to invite the Holy Spirit over here to fix what's broken. And I believe that the greater things will start being done in this great revival. Watch this with me. And greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. Pay very close attention to that. For I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Mm. I want to find. Go with me now. Bounce down to verse 25. Verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. 
You heard me say to you, I am going away, and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer uh, talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. Now what he's saying, he's talking to the disciples. He wasn't going to be there to talk to them, all right, much longer. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Uh, let us uh, rise, let us go from here. Go to Acts chapter 1. And get ready. Are you ready? You, you, you're going to wish you was ready. Acts chapter 1. In the first book, O Theopolis, I've dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. Which was some of it was what we just read. Until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands to the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John, the Bap for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So that when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom? Let's stop right there. See if you can get this picture with me. Man, these disciples, all they had known in their ministry was walking side by side with Jesus himself in the flesh on this earth. They heard him say many things. And, and Jesus later, you know, after he had come out of that tomb and it was empty, he had to remind them of many things that he taught them while he was alive. But you pay close attention to what he said where we just left in John chapter 14, and you will know this. Jesus said, you go back and read all those verses again, and, and you find out, is Brother Dennis lying to me? I, I don't, I'm not hurt. My feelings aren't hurt if you think I lied to you or if you think I was wrong or I made a mistake. You go find out for yourself. What Jesus was saying was, I'm going to the Father, but I'm going to send a replacement for me. I'm going to send you someone in my stead. Jesus was saying, in this earth, so far I've been just one man for the three years of this ministry. But when I go, I will send you a comforter, a teacher, one who empowers you know, one who comes alongside to help, a paraclete is what it, what, it, what it says in the Greek. What I'm trying to tell you is, Jesus said, I'm going to be replaced by one that is everywhere. Everywhere. And he has power. And he has gifts. And he has all of these good things that we've been studying here. You know, I don't want to say that the Holy Ghost comes with baggage because baggage has a negative connotation. But if I say he comes with luggage, he's got stuff in his luggage, how do you think it is? If we're supposed to be doing greater things than Jesus did when he was here, how in the world are you going to get any of it done without the Holy Ghost? Now, I'm going to tell you right now. You know, all of the things that the Holy Ghost does, it's, it's for the church to bring us closer together, and it's for a sign to unbelievers. 
See, we think, oh, Brother Dennis is teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. Man, I can take it or I can leave it. Can you really? Can we really decide it's not for me? Can we really decide it's not for the church today? Can we really think for a minute that we'll see the revival that I talk about constantly without the Holy Ghost? Without the help of the Holy Spirit? All I'm trying to say is that the Word of God is replete with the power of the Holy Ghost being manifest through the lives of people just like you and just like me. Right? We are living so far. I heard a guy, a prosperity preacher, that's what I called him, and he was that. He, you, you know, you can have a, someone teach you about prosperity, and it's a great and dynamic thing. And you can have others talk about pros, prosperity, and you might as well just call him a prosperity preacher. Because that's more important than anything else in their life, including their relationship with God. You understand what I'm saying? Prosperity is a godly thing, and it should be treated like a godly thing. It should be respected. Amen. And it should be taught in the right light, right? But I'm telling you this. We need to line up with the Word of God. We need to line up with the Holy Spirit and everything that He wants to do. Or, and I'm telling you, it's, it's got to happen because it's in the Word. The greater things than I did, you'll do. Amen? Jesus said it. And I'm telling you, the reason why He spoke to me about it in the car on the way to this place today is because we're moving into it. We're moving into it. Why would he bother to talk to me about it? I'm not this smart. Have you learned that about your pastor yet? I can make mistakes, you know, like putting a note in the wrong place or worse. But God would not talk to me, and God would not tell me this if he wasn't about to do it. Why would he talk about something that he doesn't intend to do in our lifetime? Amen? But I will tell you this, God's telling me, he's telling me, don't, you, you, you don't play with the world. Don't play with the world. Are you hearing me? God's saying, stop playing with the world. Listen to me, children of God, in closing. Give me a few minutes to close. As your pastor, I haven't talked much about this. But... Child of God, quit being divided in the family over COVID. Quit being divided in the family over wearing masks. Quit being divided in the family about, um, you know, setting a little further apart. If someone's not in your circle of trust, stop it. God's not pleased with it. It's got no place in the body of Christ. It's out there in the world. All right? Now, I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm not picking on anybody, but I'm telling you. I read a deal the other day. It had a it had a picture of the devil whispering in Jesus' ear. First of all, I don't like that. And what he said was, all I had to do to get them to take the mark was tell them they'll lose their jobs if they don't take the vaccine. So in other words, the little comic was about the vaccine being the mark of the beast. Only a person who has no true knowledge of the book of Revelation would say a thing like that. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm not upset with them. But, but I am a pastor, and I love you, and you need to hear the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. That was not a wise thing to put into artwork. I don't call it artwork, but you, you understand what I'm saying? 
Do you, do you believe me? You don't have to raise your hand. But do you believe that your pastor loves you? Just got to answer that question for yourself. I love you. I want God's best for us. You know, if a person wants to wear a mask, they should wear one. There's no mandates out there, but our landlord has asked us to wear them. You know, our landlord has been so good to us. Why in the world would I choose to go? I don't, I don't like what you said, and I'm not going to do it. Why in the world would I do that? I wouldn't do that, right? So come and go and wear one. You get in here, you get comfortable. You can drop it if you want to. You don't, you're not being asked to wear one 24 hours a day, all right? Um, I don't have to wear one from this pulpit, and some of you may be jealous of that or whatever. But, you know, I'm tired of the devil getting away with messing with us over this whole thing. I love you. You love me. I know you do. I, my wife and I know you love us and you pray for us, right? What in the world we want to give an inch to the devil for and stop the revival and hinder the revival? I want the revival to cut loose. I want people to get saved, and I always want that now to start being the first words that come out of my mouth. It's about evangelism first and foremost. Amen? I want people to get saved. I want people to get healed. I want the oppressed to be set free in Jesus' mighty name, and uh, on and on and on. Amen? And if the Holy Ghost, if, if the Holy Ghost does what Jesus said, he sent it here. He sent it here to take his place in this world. And that's why the power is so easily spread throughout the world if we're people of prayer. The Holy Spirit is no different than Father when it comes to prayer. He wants us to talk to him. He wants us to, you know, all these things you're feeling, all these things you're going through, the anxiety, all that, talk to him about it. He has a cure for anxiety. We you say, well, Brother Dennis, if the tribulation was started, I think we have much to fear. No, I have Jesus. I have Jesus. What would Jesus say to me if the tribulation started right now and I was in it? He'd say, fear not. Amen? If the rapture hadn't taken place, if, it, if the rapture takes place, I'm, I'm flying. Amen? I'm flying. I'm moving. I'll be, the dead in Christ shall rise first. I want to be right on their heels. Amen? Zipping up through the clouds. Amen? Mm. Praise God. Look, I mean, God, God's been very serious lately about talking to me about, what do you mean I need to clean this area of my life up? Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? What, you hear what I'm saying? I didn't know it was dirty. I didn't know it was messed up. Whatever. Well, you know now. If God tells you by the power of his Holy Spirit, you need to let him fix it. Amen? Need to let him fix it, and let's just look, 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 look around you. Even with everything this church has been through, we still got a good crowd coming. How many of you know we're still paying our bills? Oh, Brother Dennis, you're not supposed to talk about money from the pulpit. Oh, for, that's crazy. You know what? If I don't take the time to thank God for his faithfulness and to thank you for your faithfulness, we quit meeting the business end of this deal, right? But we're here paying the bills. Obligations are being met. Ministries are being blessed. Amen. And uh, we're going strong. I don't care what your eyes tell you or what you think. We're going strong. We're moving forward. And I don't know of any other church out there that's talking about. I mean, there's got to be. They're out there. I'm not the only one. And usually I say a dumb thing like that, and then God will let me know 
about a bunch of different ministries that he's speaking to and saying the same thing. He's bringing revival. In the midst of confusion, in the midst of a COVID virus, in the midst of this, in the midst of that, in the midst of the world, and all that kind of stuff. Let's be people of prayer. Are you with me? You know what? It's time to repent. I know how to repent. I know how to repent. Lord, forgive me for my sins and shortcomings. That is not repentance. That's a part of it, but it's not repentance. You look up repentance in a dictionary even, you'll find it real fast. It means changing your ways. It's not enough just to say I'm sorry, because if all you do is say I'm sorry, you're going to end up saying I'm sorry again for it, and then you're going to end up saying I'm sorry again for it, and then you end up saying, but if you repent, quit going back to drink from that dead well. Amen? How many of you in this room believe God wants to help us with that? All right, stand up with me. It's time to pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, that your Holy Ghost is the power that we need to repent properly. Father, we need every obstacle to the great revival, the great end-time revival, every obstacle to be dealt with by the power of your Spirit. Lord, not only are we asking for forgiveness of sins, but we are asking for the power of your Holy Spirit to cause us, help us, flood us, and, and cause repentance to be um, the most important thing in our lives right now. Repentance. Change. Stop going back to the poison well and drinking from that well. Father, prepare us, Lord, for a mighty move of the Spirit, the likes of which this world has never seen. Because I know that if... Uh, Jesus rocked the world the way he did in a three-year period with miracles if millions of Christians in this world uh, began to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, began to be used by the gifts of the Spirit, mm, it would be so powerful, Lord. Now, Father, I, I, I'm so certain that you wanted us to pray this prayer. I'm so convinced that you wanted me to encourage your people today about the great revival Lord, I'm so convinced of it, Father, that we need, Lord, every day to be talking to you about it. We need to be changed by you. We need to be prepared by you to be used by the Spirit for these great and mighty works. Father, I think that one of the most dangerous things that we need to be warned about by the power of your Spirit is us. How we like to think that, oh, we just got used uh, we just laid hands on somebody and they, got, and they got healed of cancer. Well, I must be pretty special. Father, remind us every day it's the Holy Ghost and you the special, not us. We're just the, we're just the vessel, Lord, that you use. May we always be quick, Father, to give you the glory and the honor for everything you do while using us, Lord. And, Lord, may we remain humble, Father, for your glory. Lord, Life Spring Bible Church, it's your, it's your church. You establish this place. You keep it going. You're the one that keeps speaking to us, Father, through your word and by the power of your spirit. Lord, I want to tell you again that I thank you that each service we have now together becomes more precious than the one before. At least that's the way it is for me, Father, and I pray that that will continue. Lord, continue to watch over us, keep us safe, keep us united, Father. Keep us protected from the COVID virus. Um, help us, Father, if we've got to wear masks in places, help us to 
be touched by you that we're comfortable with a mask on our face. I know that some people feel claustrophobic with one on. Well, you're the cure for, for that, uh, Lord, in Jesus' name. Father, I, I thank you for the testimony that 13 people in my home a while back were exposed to the COVID virus. Not only did none of the 12 get it, but the one that was sick was healed in 48 hours uh, because the pack, the pride, started praying. The family, the prayer warriors, Father, started praying. And uh, you not only kept the 12 safe, you healed the 13th person. And I thank you for that. Lord, uh, so many of our of, of people we know in our lives are sick right now. Um, I know Tom Atwood needs a touch from you, Lord. My grandson, Asa, down in Texas has tested positive. He needs a touch from you just the way you touched Darlene and you healed Darlene of the COVID virus. Lord, touch Asa. And, Lord, many of us, uh, many of us have relatives down in Texas. I just remember that, Father. Uh, Lord, many of us have sick relatives down in Texas. Heal them, I pray. And protect our loved ones, our families, and the children, Lord, returning to school. Watch over them. Keep them safe, Father, in Jesus' name. But, Father, all this strife can be overcome by us uniting around prayer in the name of Jesus and trusting you and living repentant lifestyles and our prayers will be unleashed, Father. And we can put a stop in the name of Jesus to this COVID virus if we just listen to you and do what you tell us to do. And uh, we thank you, Father, for the prayers you are answering, the people you are healing, the people you're protecting, the people you're watching over. Father, I thank you for helping all of us realize that what's happening in this church in a couple of weeks, that it's important, Father, what, what's happening. Just a move in the service time change, Father. Bless our services even greater, Father, because we've obeyed you. Lord, for all of the children returning to schools, once again, pray that you watch over them, keep them safe from this COVID virus. Kill it, I pray, in Jesus' name. Father, we come against the lies of the devil. It's out there trying to convince people, um, you know, different things about the COVID virus and different things about wearing masks and different things about social distancing. Father, help us just take a deep breath and relax and just trust that you're in charge, you're in control that you're watching over us and that you turn the table, tables on the devil constantly and help us to realize, Father, there were times in the Word of God that you allowed adversity to come against your people so that they would turn to you, Father. So once again, Lord, may we trust you and uh, touch the throne room of grace. Uh, forgive us of our sins and help us to repent. Heal us, Father, we pray. Make the change drop off of us all around us, Father. Open the prison doors, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Fellowship together before you leave this place today.